Welcome back to the Game Masters Academy, where we discuss how we can make every one of your sessions great. My name is Greg, and thanks for joining me. Uh, this week, uh, I want to talk about advanced tactics for combat encounter creation. Uh, if you've ever uh, run your uh, session, uh, created your encounters, been extremely excited to run them and provide unique ways to challenge players, and then got to the combat and had it basically be trivial, uh, have it end within two rounds, your characters never really got this sense of uh, anxiety or excitement, anticipation, and it just felt kind of flat, well, then pay attention and let's go over what we can do to fix that. So there's a major issue in Dungeons & Dragons 5e, uh, and that is basically revolving around the challenge rating for the uh, monster teams that are, are there. Uh, it doesn't take into account a lot of things. Uh, for those of you that are just uh, listening to this, I've already done an entire episode about uh, encounter creation and some of the issues and limitations the challenge rating system has. A quick recap, the CR system for 5th uh, edition is designed around the idea of only a four-player party as well as it is taking into account the fact that it should be one of three combat encounters per a long rest. If your you know, particular campaign doesn't have that much combat, the players will be used to using all of their resources for the combat you have, and that will make things significantly easier for them. If your party is a larger um, number of people in it, then it will be significantly easier due to action economy. So I want my climactic moments to have impact and have meaning behind them and a sense of accomplishment for the party. So that way it feels like they've actually achieved something that was hard and challenging and therefore rewarding in that achievement. But if we just go off of the CR system that uh, is set up within most of the monster stat blocks, you're going to find that most of your interactions, most of your um, challenging combats fall flat. Uh, and one of the things that we want to do is we want to look at a couple of different things that we can do to add additional strength to the monster without prolonging combat unnecessarily. If we just increase the number of hit points the monster has, then everyone just stands around the monster and just beats on it until it falls away. That doesn't really provide a dynamic, engaging combat for the participants. With that being said, there's a few things that we want to avoid adding, which can be really frustrating for the players. Now, you know, we talk about action economy, and that's the number of times that a player gets to attack or a number of actions, spells, things along those lines that they get to do before the monster gets to go again. A very easy way to help with that would be to remove a player's actions from the equation. But that's actually the opposite of what we want to do. Removing agency from a player when that's one of the few things that they have complete control over uh, can be very demoralizing and frustrating for the player that you do that to. So I would 
strongly recommend against using things like polymorph, stun, paralyze, petrify, etc. Because we, yes, remove them from the opportunity to have an action, but we actually remove them from being able to play. And that means that that character, or in this particular case, the player, is literally just sitting there while everybody else gets to play D&D. Now, those are definitely things that I'm not saying you shouldn't include. Just be conscious of the inclusion of them and ensure that it's not done every combat to the same person. Or, you know, just we want to make sure that it's something that is unique and can provide additional story elements and not just thrown about. So what then do we do? And the answer is typically going to be found in legendary actions and layer actions. Now, the way the monster manual has it set up is you don't really run into any of these things until you're at least level 10, if not higher. And most campaigns are ending somewhere around level 13. So you don't really get a whole lot of opportunity to experience this. And there's no reason as a DM that you can't give a CR3 knight legendary actions or lair actions. And that's what we want to talk about today is we want to be able to talk about adding some additional components to our creatures so that way we can provide ourselves with a compelling and dynamic combat that causes the characters to have to do more than just stand around the enemy and beat it with the sharp thing until it falls dead. So let's take a quick little overview of legendary actions and lair actions. Legendary actions, typically a monster would get three of them per round of combat, not per turn, and they are taken at the end of somebody else's turn. So let's say the monster goes, uh, the barbarian goes, and then the monster gets to utilize one of his legendary actions. They can range from anything from an additional attack to a teleport to regeneration, anything along the lines that you would like to add to the character to provide additional uh, utilization. Layer actions take place at initiative 20, they lose initiative ties, so if somebody else rolls a 20, they would lose that. And that's typically something to do with the environment. And uh, what I mean by that is uh, the layer, obviously, of what the creature's in, but also it's a, it's a more global type of fact. An example, let's use Zariel, who is the archdevil of the first layer of hell on her lair actions, gets a opportunity to create illusions of loved ones being tortured that the party members would see, but they appear in the actual environment. You know, there's a lot of really good resources out there. Um, a couple books that are the monsters know what they're doing. Um, there's another one that's specifically designated for lair actions that are catered to individual monsters. Uh, they're all a great opportunity to get an idea of what's possible. And none of those are things that I uh, have a sponsorship for or uh, am you know, working with as far as affiliated or anything along those lines. But uh, they're a great resource and they provide us additional information. 
But um, just a couple of examples to give you kind of the idea of what we're looking at here. Uh, legendary actions can be attacks. Um, depending on what you're looking at, maybe you've got a guy that you're potentially using as a general for an army or the leader of a, a band of thieves. And maybe his legendary action is that he can order one of the other thieves to attack but gives them advantage by doing so. Uh, the other thing that you can look at is a lair action causing that same band of thieves and the same head of that band of thieves to order his men to scatter and grab hostages off the street and now utilize those hostages as shields, giving the um, bandits that you're potentially fighting cover. Uh, and if you roll low enough, maybe they accidentally shoot the innocent bystander instead. And you can see how just doing those two small things to a bandit captain can make that combat dramatically different. A CR2 enemy that gets, you know, two scimitars and a dagger attack, and now it's a CR2 enemy that gets two scimitars and a dagger attack, and on its off turn it can cause one of its bandit buddies to attack, and can also scatter the bandits to a whole entire area where they grab hostages and force the party to have to make really challenging and different um, decisions. Uh, it also could help potentially the party uh, do a better job of understanding the morality of their characters because maybe the character doesn't care that there's an innocent bystander. But the point is you can take something that seems relatively rudimentary and by adding things in like legendary actions as well as layer actions, we can increase the challenge as well as the actual dynamic storytelling for the combat that we are specifically creating. You know, in the example of the bandit captain and uh, a few uh, bandits, stops becoming, can we kill these enemies? And starts becoming, can we destroy these enemies before they start killing innocent bystanders in an effort to get away? And so instead of it just being cut and dry, win or loss, there's a lot more range of outcomes that are here. And that range of outcomes increases our ability to tell better stories. So I would recommend that when you're, you know, coming to a culmination of a quest, coming to the culmination of a plot line, anything along those lines, don't just take the standard stat block that you can find within the monster manual or any other sources that we're looking at getting uh, without adding some additional you know, oomph to the actual uh, character, uh, I should say creature. And those legendary actions, those layer actions help create that dynamic type of scenario. Again, there's a ton of resources that are out there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start including uh, layer action and legendary action options when I do uh, combat corners in the future. Just to kind of give you an examples of what is possible. Definitely not saying that this is the best way to do it or that it's the only way that will work, but just to give a, an example that can be utilized in your games as well. So that's pretty much it on advanced tactics for creating combat encounters. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, follow, uh, hit the little uh, button that gives you an alert whenever I post a new one. Subscribe, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, if you have